Stay tuned for a story of public humiliation, misdeeds, and good intentions. This is the CX Storytime tale of When Shame Came to Town. The Upsell presents CX Storytime, tales of building and breaking your customer relationships. I'm your host and storyteller, Russell Alker. What you're about to hear is a true story. A story that happens to you, a story that happens to me. A story that happens and we can learn from to build better relationships with our customers. In this episode, not one but three tales of customer experience shame. All the stories you're about to hear may be different in setting and players, but the result is always the same. Shame, shame, shame. And so it begins. In our first story, a young man in his 40s named Roger is excited to check out the latest movie Blockbuster. So he does his research, selects his entertainment, and takes the steps necessary to get admission. Nowadays, there are so many options to get your movie tickets. An app, a website, a machine at the theater, or through an actual human being at the theater's ticket counter. There really isn't a wrong way to do this. Every path leads to a ticket in hand and a bum in a seat. Really isn't. Air quotes here are the words to take note of. Believing that very thing, Roger goes to not the theater's website, not the movie chain's website, but to a third-party website that has the tickets ready and available. Ticket purchased, ticket printed, and off to the theater he goes. At most movie theaters, there's still a staff member on site to rip your ticket in two. This practice is for two reasons. First, to make sure you have a ticket at all, and second, to direct you to your particularly numbered movie theater. It's a part of the ritual of moviegoing. For this night's experience, the theater manager is filling in on ticket-ripping duties. And when he takes hold of Roger's particular ticket, the experience isn't as smooth or as traditional as it had been for the thousands of times before. Instead, the manager stops, looks down at the ticket, he looks up at Roger, looks back at the ticket, and then, and then, in front of a long row of patrons waiting to get their tickets ripped, he says, Why did you use this website to buy your ticket? That was foolish. You know you paid a dollar more for that service? Why would you do that? You should have just used our website. You won't pay so much that way. Roger replies, a little shocked at the tone he's being lashed with, I didn't know. Well, you won't make that mistake next time, will you? He says, and then gestures Roger to let him through. Roger just really wanted to be entertained that night, but instead was publicly shamed and became the entertainment for the others in line. Our second story finds Heather returning to her local mall, not because she's on the lookout for some new clothes, but rather because she has to return some specifically a blue pair of lingerie that didn't fit quite right, but she's hoping to exchange for a better one. It's rarely fun returning anything. The goal of any purchase or gift is for it to be a simple, one-time exchange of goods for money. In this case, however, Heather finds herself in a lingerie store, trying to predetermine if a return will allow her to get her money back or if she will have to look around for something to buy with the store credit she's about to get. After perusing the store to get some exchange ideas just in case, she makes contact with a member of the staff. The hope is a simple exchange of, this didn't fit, oh that's too bad, let me take it back for you, here's your money. Unfortunately in this case, the clerk added a bit more to the conversation. As Heather made her way up to the counter to conduct her return, the staff member chose this moment to get into some small talk about the ill-fitting lingerie. When did you buy it? Is this your preferred style, or are there any other styles you like? What was wrong with it? Now this last question led to a, 
what we can assume the staff member meant as an educational moment for Heather, the conversation had ended, the return had been made, but the clerk had this one thing to say. You know, bodies do change over time. Heather was taken aback by this comment, choosing not to respond at all, but rather looking puzzled, taking her store credit, and leaving. Not so happy with her newly appointed teachable moment. Our final story goes to Joseph and Darcy at a newly opened pizzeria in their neighborhood. They are the kind of couple always excited to try out a new restaurant. However, this sometimes comes with a challenge. Darcy is celiac, aka gluten is the enemy. And of course, this means Joseph is too by association. So when they find a place that is sensitive to this scenario, it's an exciting day. And this pizzeria gives them a big reason to smile. Gluten-free artisan pizza. Putting in their order while highlighting the celiac situation, they wait at a nearby set of high tables. In approximately 10 minutes, the name Joseph blurts from a staff member. Their pizzas were born and ready to go. Jumping from their chairs and taking the two pizzas from the staff member, they do so after some knowing silence, a quick smile, and some eye contact. Then they make their way home. Once there, they dug in. Only these particular pizzas did not look as advertised on the menu. The couple started reasoning with each other. Well, they were artisan pizzas. Maybe they were a little creative in the ingredients. Who are we to question hipster pizza? So they had another slice. Wait, these pizzas also do look kind of gluteny. As any good celiac can tell you, there is a certain flatness or denseness to gluten-free dough. This was not that. Maybe this is just really good gluten-free pizza dough, says Darcy. Hopeful, concerned, and starving. Joseph makes a quick call to the pizza shop. They had indeed been handed the wrong pizzas, stuffed with gluten and all. The tale from the pizzeria is that there had been two Josephs there that day, and our couple had simply grabbed the wrong ones. When Joseph and Darcy returned to get their pizza, the staff were explaining what had happened. They told Joseph, as one of the explanations, that it was his hungry brain that must be the reason that he grabbed the wrong pizza. It was an attempt at levity, but it was delivered with blame. And these are the tales times three of when shame came to town. Now, looking at this from the filter of building or breaking a relationship, a friendship with your customers, how would these experience be perceived from the customer's point of view? Well, in all three stories, from the movie theater to the lingerie shop to the pizzeria, the customer was made to feel bad and a certain level of blame, actually. Whether it was Roger going to the air quotes wrong website to buy his movie tickets, or Heather getting a biology lesson on the effects of time on her body, or Joseph and Daphne being so mindlessly overwhelmed by hunger that they grabbed the wrong pizza. In each case, the customer was made to feel like they had done something wrong, even when they weren't doing anything really wrong at all. In Roger's case, he never did use that website again, but he also has less loyalty to that movie theater. When before he liked the local convenience, he's now more likely to give the larger Cineplex out of town a try too. At least they don't have a history of making him feel bad. In the case of Heather's return to lingerie, she now makes a point of never ever going back. She actually right now has another piece of clothing she needs to return. A piece she'll never wear again. It doesn't fit, but she won't return it because she doesn't want to feel bad again. And lastly, we have Joseph and Darcy, who make half-hearted jokes about the hungry brain incident. And they make those jokes all the time to their friends. And absolutely, actually, anybody that will hear them about this incident, about this pizza shaming. I'm sure it's not a great way the brand wants to be represented 
word of mouth and all. And it's really hard to build a relationship with someone or some business when they do that to you. Now, what can we learn from the stories trifecta? Well, number one, always look for an opportunity to be helpful. In the case of the movie tickets, Roger would have really appreciated if the manager had just told him he could save time and money if he'd gone to their own website. Just as a friendly reminder for next time. That's all the manager needed to say to be helpful. Number two, practice empathy. It's very important to be personalized when it comes to customer engagement. Whether that's remembering a name, whether that's the last experience, doesn't matter. You should always remember your history with your customers, both good and bad. And especially put yourself in their shoes. Would you like to be told you're getting old or have assumptions made about the choices you make and your body type? No, and neither does your customer. So be put in their position and you'll have a little bit more empathy about how to interact with them. And number three, communicate and clarify. Repeat back to the customer the purchase or service they are paying for when confusion is even a slight possibility. Remove the opportunity for misunderstanding. It's just good practice. And wrapping up our CX story time, the moral of the story, in the journey from purchase to product or service delivery, understand the customer, they want to have a good experience, even if they make a mistake. Treat others as you want to be treated, how they want to be treated. Treat them like the friends you want to have and keep. Thanks for listening. That'll do it for another episode of the podcast. If you like, I really please ask and encourage that you leave a review wherever you are hearing this podcast, whether it's uh, Apple or any of the other many applications. And if you have any stories you'd like to share or want to tell me about that I could possibly share on the podcast, give me an email at russell with one L at theupsell.com. I'd love, love to hear from you and any feedback you have as well. Uh, we are in early days in the podcast. Uh, I really want to make this something that's useful and valuable to you. And I can't do that without your feedback. So I really want to hear from you. And now we close this chapter of CX Storytime, Tales of Building and Breaking Customer Relationships. My name is Russell Olliker. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah.